Hey guys, before we dive into our normal intro, I just want to draw attention to a couple of people who have been in our show notes from the beginning that may not be known by everybody who listens to this podcast, and that is our graphical artist, J.P. Rakath, and our musical composer, Kristen Walsh. Now, both J.P. and Kristen are taking commissions for their work. J.P. does our graphics, he does our banners, he does our logos, and he could do this for you as well. If you're interested in passing JP any work, please contact him at JP Rakath on Twitter. That is at JP underscore R-A-K-A-T-H. And if you're interested in any music, please contact Kristen Walsh. And her email is Kristen with an E dot Walsh dot music 99 at gmail.com. Both of these individuals are instrumental to the success of Hoopod, and we'd love to throw them some commission. So if you got a project, give them a call. Now, back to your regular intro. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the next episode of Hoopod. My name is Blair Beveridge, and thank you for once again tuning in. On this week's show, Joey and I welcome Buttercup Erica. Now, Erica uh, and Joey have a little bit of a crochet conversation as they are both uh, into that sort of thing. Uh, we talk about Star Trek, one of her favorite fandoms. We talk about Princess Bride, hence the lovely handle. Uh, Erica talks to us a little bit about systemic scleroderma, which... Uh, is something that she deals with on a daily basis. Uh, Joey and I take a little bit of a trip down this YouTube monetation thing. Um, we hope we don't offend anyone with our points of view. But uh, before I get any more teasy, let's just get into it, shall we? Hoopod number 58 with the wonderful Buttercup Erica. Okay, so it's Butter Chuparica? <laughs> no, Buttercup Erica. Oh. <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> Sorry. About... Yeah, now that Loser! Reading... <laughs> now that I'm reading again, it definitely looks like Buttercup Erica. Um, I'm going to make a presumption that that's a Princess Bride reference. Yes, it is. That's my all-time favorite movie. Oh, as you wish. That's right. That has got to be one it, it's it's a top 10 for me and, and and that is i love comedies and i love that genre i basically i know ne- i would never have watched the movie if it wasn't for andre the giant i was a huge wrestling fan and i'm like andre the giant is doing a movie i have to watch this and <laughs> i just i fell in love with it carrie always mandy patankin right never remember vicini's actor's name um that's wallace sean wallace sean there we go and uh, I just, I can watch that movie. It's, it's, it's a yearly thing. It's kind of like my Christmas movies. I, I watch it once a year. Wizard of Oz is another one, which I think is one of your favorites, right, Joey? Uh, I plead the fifth. <laughs> it kind of goes without saying. It goes without saying. Are you kidding me? <laughs> I was about to say, how are you pleading the fifth on that? Um, yeah, so, I, I mean, I... As a kid, Wizard of Oz was also something. Whenever it came on TV, because I'm that old, um, I would, you know, we'd be gathered around and we'd watch it. And it was a movie that went from black and white to color and so vibrant and the music. And I just, I love the whole thing. And The Princess Bride kind of had that. It's different, but it had that same sort of feel to me where it's, this is something that I can once a year sit down and just enjoy it as if it was the first time. Yeah. Well. Well, we watched well, um, Wizard of Oz every year, too, so I don't think you're much older than me. <laughs> well, you definitely wear it well. Um, well, everybody, 
Our guest this week is, as I butchered, uh, her her kind of community name is Buttercup Erica. We'll just go with Erica. How you doing, Erica? I'm doing well. How are you guys? I'm doing well. Joey, you doing well? Uh, I plead the fifth. Don't, don't plead oh, the no. fifth again. Man, you're fifthing a lot. I know. You're 50. Listen, listen. Okay, Linda, listen. It's been... <laughs> crazy so far this year 2018 can i just say holy freaking shit okay (laughs) it's like everything going on in the youtube community stuff going on in the political community stuff going on in courts with everything that just happened and then you know i've got my part-time nine to five i have my freelance like i don't know when i have time to sleep for me, it's just flat out work. I mean, I and we, I I've I do nine to five, but I take it home with me, and I'm doing more than nine to five. And uh, right. we have a, our our company is is integrating with an we purchased a company and we're integrating systems and being the IT guy, that's a lot of work. So um, I like it. I'm 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 liking the work, but it's it's a lot, and uh, I kind of wish I had some help, but <laughs> but you know we all wake up and we soldier on. Um, Erica, what, if you don't mind me asking, if you don't want to talk about that's fine. What is it that you do? Um, well, actually I'm currently disabled. I used to work in nursing. I was a certified nurse assistant and I was going to school to complete my RN training. Um, I worked until I pretty much collapsed and they called me and they said, we don't think it's safe for you to work anymore. So that was kind of the end of working for me. Uh, and you don't have to answer this, um, what is you know something that you want to talk about um it's i have systemic scleroderma um scleroderma in general is a autoimmune disease and it affects um about 300,000 people worldwide um more or less i mean it's hard because it's a more rare disease some people don't get diagnosed right um i was pretty fortunate i got diagnosed really quickly hmm. so um It's, um, but what it did for me is, um, I don't have the skin portion of it thus far. A lot of people to fix their skin, they have, um, tightening around their face and their hands. Um, for me, the damage has um, been internal, my joints, um, I have nodules in my lungs. So, um, working in nursing is a very physical, um, occupation. Definitely. And it got to be where I wasn't safe taking care of my patients because you're lifting, you're, you know. You're transferring people from beds to chairs and, and whatnot. The last thing you want is for one of your own joints to go out and to drop somebody. So, Wow. Is is this a, a genetic uh, predisposition? or? Um, they don't really know. Um, it's kind of in the same family of diseases as lupus and um, on the more extreme end of the spectrum, multiple sclerosis. Right. Um, and... Um, the women in my family have had lupus like generations and generations back. My um, great-grandmother, my grandmother, my aunt. And um, so when I first got sick, that's kind of what everybody assumed it was. Right. And then um, my doctor, you know, d- doing more research, found um, found something different. So they don't really know why people get it. So it, there could be a genetic link. And then there's a lot of nurses for some reason who end up with it. So there could be an environmental Interesting. link. Yeah, that seems to definitely point to that. Um, my wife does clinical trials. She's been working around hospitals her whole life. 
Um, so uh, there has been. I, I actually, when I was in high school, dated a girl who, uh, I don't know if you guys remember, but uh, up here in Toronto, probably, I think it was mid-90s, we had that SARS scare. Mm -hmm. and, yep. Um, when, when SARS came into Toronto, obviously the nurses were the frontline workers that were exposed to it. And, and my, uh, well, I guess now ex-girlfriend's mother was one of the nurses who ended up with SARS because of this event. And oh, wow. there, there, there's a lot of, a lot of that. That's just, that's their job. That's, that's what they do. They, they show up and, you know, they, they help people the best they can and they take care of themselves the best they can. And, um, sometimes people don't see it or don't know it, but uh, they do. They they they're they're in that field for a reason. So oh yeah, you take a lot of risks, but they're risks that you're aware of, and they're risks that you're willing to take because you want to help. You want to be there to make people feel better. At least that's why I did it. Wow. Well, I I'm hoping you didn't catch it from an environmental reason, but no. Uh, um, uh, in, in terms of um, management, is this something that is, is difficult to manage on a day-to-day -day basis? Um, it can be. I'm on um, quite a few medications. Um, auto, um, they're immune suppressive therapy, so I have a compromised immune system. And then right. um, um, because I'm diabetic, which is kind of like a, another, makes a, it adds another complication. There's certain medications I can't take that they right. would prescribe to me. So basically... Um, yeah, I, I take between um, the conditions and then the symptoms. I'm, I'm on about like 15 different medications. Wow. And, and that's 15 a day? Um, yeah. They're just like I take um, stuff for my blood sugar. Um, I take stuff um, for my blood flow because it constricts your vein or your, your blood vessels. Yep. So okay. s sometimes you get what's called Raynaud's phenomenon where you lose blood flow to your extremities. And in order to um, mitigate that risk for me, I'm on two different blood thinners, and then I'm on the medication to suppress my immune system. And then um, there's, um, you also, one of the things with scleroderma that is very, very common is gastrointestinal problems, like um, reflux yep. is really bad. I have really bad reflux, and so I take two different medications for that as well. <laughs> And, um, so yeah, it gets to be a little bit overwhelming, but you know, you just, you schedule things out and you try to keep on top of it and, because it's important, you know, For um, sure. the better I do with that stuff, the longer I get to be more functional and the, the better I feel. So Joey, it seems like, uh, this is something that's a little familiar to you. I've got plenty of family members that deal with a lot of the same medications uh, that she does. Um, and some of those family members are not as mature with their situation as Erica is. Uh, they either don't care or they prefer to just do it when they feel like it's most, uh, lack of a better word, probable to take their medication uh, when necessary, like if they have to go see a doctor or something to show oh. that it's in their system or whatever. Yeah, it's <laughs> it's kind of like, you know, you really pissed me off, but at the same time, I'm like, you know, if, if that's how you're going to be and there's no changing your mind and like that's how you're going to be set in your ways, then 
I guess I can't really do anything. I can't really do anything personally to, to get them to, you know, stop it. I mean, alcoholism runs in my family, so uh, it's why I don't partake in alcohol either. And um, uh, it, it, it just ends up being a whole rigmarole of what the hell, dude. So Yeah. No, it, it's, yeah, I understand. I actually, um, my wife has a has a compromised immune system from something else as well, so... I'm, I'm, I'm all, she's, she's got a little pharmacy she carries with her wherever she goes. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I think you probably got her beat by a, a few medications per day for sure. Um, now, if we can only have a world where someone could put like a tricorder on us and just kind of say, yep, and here's your cure, and boom. <laughs> Wouldn't that be a great world? Wouldn't we that just would enjoy f- that? Fantastic. You, are you a Star Trek fan at all? Is this something that... Huge Star Trek fan. Oh, cool. Yeah. Um, name your genres, name your favorites, do the thing. Well, um, I started out with original series. My dad um, was hardcore into any time it was on TV, we were watching the reruns. And then when TNG came out, I um, watched it from beginning to end as it was on television. Um, and it was actually... Um, Beverly Crusher was one of my motivations to want to be originally I was going to become a doctor. Um, I wanted to be like Beverly Crusher. I wanted to um, um, heal like she did and and to be strong like she was. Mm -hmm. And then, um, you know, you get sidetracked in life and I ended up having three kids instead of um, going to college. So it was a lot easier to be, um, you know, become a nurse because that's not as much school but I still get to be in the field and I still get to help people. So that was the thinking behind that, but still very Star Trek, um, very Star Trek influenced. And then um, I had the opportunity um, from 2001 until 2007 to work at Star Trek, the experience here in Las Vegas before they closed it down. So that was a Trekkie's dream come true. That was the best job (laughs) I've ever had. Yeah, I can imagine. So I remember, um, I worked at a local amusement park and one of the rides I had to man was it, the, the generic term is the sky coaster. It's the one where they put you in the hang gliding suit and they bring you up, you know, X amount of feet and they drop you and you swing out and you're on these aircraft cables. <laughs> and apparently when I was working there, the biggest one in the world was at the Star Trek experience. You had a 250 foot or ours was 150 feet. So that was something we often heard about. And I was just like, I want to go for the Star Trek, man. I don't, the rest of it, they're great. But, you know. Um, well, you're in Canada. Was that was that Paramount Parks? It was. I was uh, yeah. Paramount Canada's Wonderland. That's, that's, that's um, We got one of your managers at one point. She came down to, to work with us um, when they, um, I can't remember her name now. It's okay. been a while. She wasn't very nice. <laughs> Okay, maybe I don't know her then. Um, no, I, I actually don't know of anyone that I, any of my colleagues. I was there uh, mid-90s to early, two th- you know, until 2000, the year 2000, I, I left the park. But uh, um, pay was terrible, but it mm-hmm. was some of the most fun I've ever had in my <laughs> life. Um, and I, I met my wife there. I met most of my close friends there. It was an experience I wouldn't trade for all the tea in China. So, um, if, if you're young and you you know you're thinking about getting your first job, those amusement parks are often hiring. 
Um, go do the thing. You're going to work a lot of hours. You're going to work hard. You're not going to get paid well, but you're going to make some experiences and some friends that are going to last you a lifetime. Trust me on this one. And, Absolutely. Uh, if, you, if you could travel to go to the Star Trek experience or Disney or Cedar Point or any of those sort of places, it kind of adds another layer on top of that. Um, is Star Trek the only thing in the sci-fi world that you enjoy, or do you like uh, other aspects of sci-fi? Oh, no, I love um, I love Star Wars. Um, when I was really young, I used to watch Buck Rogers and oh, um, the original uh, Battlestar Galactica. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, no, sci-fi is 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 in my is in my blood. Um, Quantum Leap. I, I was oh. beyond excited when they cast Scott Bakula for oh. Enterprise. Yeah. Everyone was like, "Ooh, Scott Bakula," and I was like, "No, you guys don't understand. This is gonna be so great because I just loved him so much from Quantum Leap." I did. I did too. I most time traveling shows is something that really strikes with me. And Quantum Leap, when I think back on all of them, was probably my favorite one. Um, and I think every episode ended with them saying, "Oh boy," and um, you got <laughs> Sam and and uh, what was the name of the device um, that he carried? Um, um, Twiggy. Twiggy. No, Ziggy, say, sorry. Ziggy, Ziggy, Ziggy. I'm like, it's, it, yeah, I was going to get it wrong, but I was close. But um, you whack it and Dean Stockwell. No, I absolutely <laughs> love Quantum Leap. If there's ever a reboot, like stop rebooting all these dumb things. Let's bring bring back Quantum Leap because you kind of ended on a little bit of a cliffhanger there, show. Yeah. Not happy about that one. Same but as But then Journey everybody's going to complain that Landon's not part of it and they're going to have a bunch of crybabies and then, then they're just not going to do it. Meh, I say, meh. <laughs> it's like Journeyman to me was was kind of the new version of Quantum Leap, and it only got one season, and I really liked that one too. Um, yeah, and Timeless is on now. I, last year was the year of the time traveling show, and uh, I, I have a few friends in the industry, and they're just like, "Yep, time travel shows everywhere," and and I think all of them didn't make it, with the exception, if you want to think, Timeless. Timeless originally got canceled, and then they actually brought it back due to fan demand. Um, and the fact that all their competition went away. So I <laughs> figured, nice. why not? We are now the time-traveling show not called Doctor Who. So, um, yeah, I love time-travel well, shows. That, sorry, go ahead. I was just to say, fan demand is, is, a, is a beautiful thing if it's, you know, if the fans are a good community. That's what saves Star Trek. Um, yeah, right. It was a letter writing campaign, and look That's where right. we are now. The very you know. first, the letter writing campaign. It, it's amazing because if you talk to someone back in the 60s, the average person probably thought the original Star Trek was the worst thing they've ever seen, the average person. <laughs> but there was clearly enough fans to bring it back, and yet you have something like Firefly, which is in, ignited most of geek culture. Most people love this, but they can't mm -hmm. because of the, the rights fight, which is just... Yeah. Oh, well, and it was it was way different back in the '60s, and then of course you had Lucille Ball who picked up and and right. and made it happen. And yes. and I mean, she was a powerhouse. Last episode of Star Trek, she was sweeping up the sets to help close everything down so everyone could go to the wrap party. I mean, that's. I mean, you don't get communities like that, like, anymore. I mean, I'd like to think that there are some, but it's, yeah, it's all about rights. It's all about um, creative license. It's, it's, it's who owns what and a lot of arguing. And it, it, they've made it a lot harder to be a creator, I think. I mean, cre creating an art and, and, you know, entertainment is a business. And, you mm -hmm. know, back then it was a job. 
you know, it's very similar to if you were a professional athlete back in that era. Um, it was a job. It paid what other jobs paid. It didn't. People didn't make millions of dollars to be right. a top level sports athlete, and they certainly didn't make millions of dollars to be, you know, Lucille Ball, who was the top <laughs> of her game. Um, it, it, it's amazing what the world has changed into. I mean, I love the fact that we have exposure to, to so much more culture, but the fact that it's being controlled by the, the power, the money. Uh, just wish it could that was i think that it, when it comes down when it distills down that's what i loved about when web series first began because Absolutely. it was a, it was that purity that let's just do this for the art had nothing to do about making money but those people making those shows they got to pay rent they got to pay their bills you can't have them dedicate all this time with with no financial income coming in so i i, I felt both sides of that story but the inevitable end of the web series was the fact that these guys just couldn't afford to do it anymore they needed to, right. to have jobs and i i've kind of unofficially declared 2018 the year of the return of the web series and i, I i'm just <laughs> wanting to make it happen i don't think it's actually going to happen but i really really would love it to to occur oh, i um, hope so yeah i mean i a little bit of inside knowledge you know felicia has pitched more than one web series after the guild but people just don't think it, they make money anymore. And, right. Uh, I mean, when, when she can't even get a show made, that's that's tough. That's that's real tough. Yeah. Well, you know, speaking of which, I think it would be interesting now with, you know how YouTube has their YouTube Red, like the special content that you can only gain access to through their monthly subscription. Mm -hmm. If it was a project that involved just the right amount of namesake for that would get people interested to watch it. I think maybe YouTube read the elevated version of where, you know, the guild had started might be something that is worth venturing into because now not only are they doing, you know, certain web series there, there are actual web series that are part of YouTube red, not to mention, you know, uh, films and whatnot. It might be something that's worth, you know, looking into now. Whereas before, it was like, well, it's, if it's on YouTube, you know, we're going to make any kind of money or any kind of anything out of this, you know, is after it's aired and it's got a DVD and or it's got any kind of merchandise that comes out out of it. Um, the initial wise, it's kind of like, okay, how far are we willing to empty our pockets? to then maybe a year and a half later might see a return on. Well, I mean, I, I think YouTube is starting to do that. They're, I mean, anyone who, like when the partnership program first began, anyone could be a partner. Now you need to meet a standard. And I know a lot of people that were close to that standard or, or, or you know, around that line that are now no longer able to monetize. You know, right. I, a, a lot of people in this community, a lot of friends are now, um, being subjected to that. And, you know, some are doubling down, like our friend trainer Jody, and, and there are others that have just said, you know what, forget YouTube. Let's go find, you know, somewhere else. And, and, and because of that prevailing, you know, latter opinion, I think that a service needs to be created to do that. And Netflix to a point is, but they're, per, you know, a little bit higher scale, maybe something a little lower. Um, but I don't know if YouTube is the right place. I think YouTube's name is just too ingrained and associated with other things. And I know they're trying to change that, and hence these moves. But I think someone else has to come in and 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 take that crown while they can, while it while the space exists. I mean, I'd love to see it. 
personally. I would pay for a subscription service to do that. I know places like Alpha in, in, in the Geek and Sundry world is, you know, trying to do a version of that. It's like, hey, we'll still give you a lot of content, but if you want our premium stuff, you got to throw in a few extra dollars. And, um, like, they didn't take critical role away from the fans who don't want to pay for Alpha, but when you do, you get a much higher experience by doing so. So um, Absolutely. I, I think... Yeah, it, it took a while and they stayed the course and I thought they were really smart to bring in some of the Critical Role cast members to kind of spearhead Project Alpha. I thought that was the smartest thing Big Geek and Sundry ever did or Legendary or whomever you want to say. Um, and they're starting to turn the tide on the reputation because, I mean, most of us know when it first dropped, a lot of people didn't like it. And it's because, you know, they're having their toys taken away from them and being told <laughs> they had to pay to play with them. So, yeah, I get it. I get it. But I, I do think... want to point out one little thing, though. And this is not, I repeat, this is not to step on anybody's toes. This is not to piss anybody off. This is not to make anybody cry. This is just, I'm throwing out a, uh, lack of a better term, quoted uh, a quote from one of the channels I actually follow called Front Page Tech. Uh, and uh, John Prozer, who uh, is the one that, who appears in every single video, uh, I think he said it best, is that for a lot of people who are getting angry and I'm not, and again, I'm not pointing a finger at anybody. I'm just saying as, as a general, the people that are getting angry, whether they were either on that cusp of being able to be monetized or they're just starting and they are having the hopes of being monetized. What people have to understand is that Google makes no money on YouTube and it's a free platform service that you're allowed to upload endless amounts of content and gigs of information. I mean, imagine, think about when YouTube started and, <laughs> and imagine the videos and how much storage, you know, freaking land mass that has to be maintained to maintain everything without losing any of it. Mm -hmm. And to be considered when, when you look at what it takes to be monetized now with what they changed, it's actually easier to hit that. And if you're not hitting, you know, the view count or whatever, it's not necessarily that you're doing anything wrong. It's either you're not marketing it the right way or there's just not enough people that are interested in the same content that you're doing because it, like... Uh -huh. Uh, for example, if somebody's doing a movie review for a movie that's just come out, thousands of other people are doing the same thing. And chances right. are, depending on when you've uploaded it, it's not going to get noticed. Some people are blaming the algorithm. Some are blaming the, you know, the whole adpocalypse thing. The bottom line is, if you're going to be upset about it, you need to think about why you're being upset because some, like I said, some people are looking at it as well, th this is what I want to do for a full-time job. Anybody who was making money on YouTube now has Patreons and, yeah. you know, and, and I'm a fan.com accounts and it, it, they make when they were making money on YouTube before they make next to nothing on YouTube now before they even, even before they changed the monetization thing. It's like, some people don't recognize that that <laughs> you, plus there's there's sponsorships and and all kinds of other things that people are doing now so it's it's kind of like if you want that noticed you you got to put 
10,000% into it, not 120. It has to be the full thing. You literally have to cut yourself open and bleed, figuratively speaking. Literally. And that's where I'll end my rant. <laughs> you made a lot of really bang on points and it's not a rant it's just the reality of it you know i mean somebody has to pay for those server farms that store those videos that you made 15 years ago that you want still to kick around exactly you know it that's it's just the reality of our world everybody deserves to get paid for the work they do um because this is what they do this is their job and creatives included just because you know when youtube started we got a bunch of stuff for free doesn't mean it's gonna stay free you know, I mean, and again, it, I, I just want to say I'm not trying to step on anybody's toes, but throw that out there. Because at first, for about two minutes, I got pissed off about it, too. And then I stopped. I thought about it. Well, they have a point. Well, it, it, it's, it's a big picture versus, you know, small picture. In a small picture, if you're somebody trying to make it, it's, it's, a, it's a blow to the heart. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, you're, you're getting close, you're getting close, you're doing things, you're getting a little bit, and then you're being told no. It's like, oh, you know, and I get that, but in the big picture, totally understand, and I agree with your oh, point exactly. and really quick, anybody who is listening to this podcast, make sure you share it with your friends, not just for the fact that, you know, we want this podcast to get heard, but for anybody who's doing YouTube and really wants to go far with YouTube and you're looking to get views, I actually just learned this really cool tip. I swear to God, it's legit reddit pages okay whenever you have new content there are reddit pages for new videos that have either gone up on youtube or vimeo if you want the views and you're looking for subscribers go onto reddit pages or find proper forums oh excuse me there are actually proper forums out there for all of the types of content that you're uploading and it's these are people that are like, I'm looking for subscribers. I'm looking for views. This is stuff that maybe you're interested in. And that is actually how very quickly you can get those legit views and, and subscribers like that. Like seriously, it's, I'm actually going to be looking into it myself. I mean, I just do stupid little vlogs, but even then, it's true. I, when I was, when I was doing more, when I was doing any YouTube videos, um, when, when vacation, I was up at the cottage and I'm like, okay, what, I'm kind of bored. What am I going to do? And I'm like, I could talk about fishing. I, I actually have two college degrees and one of them is in aquaculture, the raising of fish for commercial use. So I figured let's just kind of spout some kind of basic fishing related knowledge about, you know, lures, blah, blah, blah. And I did the thing. And while I was up there, I went to Reddit and I posted it on a, a very specific Reddit for that kind of stuff. And those videos, I think, got more viewed than almost anything else I did. So it's a very legit thing. I just stab in the dark. He's right. He's just a bunch of people. Reddit is is a tool that I have never really, with the exception of that one thing, used very well. And maybe I should be using it for this podcast, to be frank. But the thing about the Who Pod is I want it to spread outside of our community, but not too much, if you know what I mean. I think... Yeah. I, I think a lot of people like that it is, you know hours a little bit tighter but when we do stuff like harley human or realm fm or any of those sort of stuff that's the stuff that i want to escape that's the stuff i want to get into as many people's ears as possible because it's not a community podcast at that point in time it's not niche this is entertainment and stuff that you know joey Tyrrell and i have been working on really hard and and um those are the sort of things that i want to be able to spread to the wilderness because i think it's got more mass appeal um you know we look at our podcast views and sometimes, or listens, and sometimes it's a little like, really, that's it? 
But um, I think the people that uh, are doing the podcast realize that, you know, they want to kind of keep this in the community. And I understand that. I get that. I, I wrestle with it because, you all, you of course, want more people to hear your stuff. But uh, when we're talking about, you know, how and I'm going to transition into your question here, Erica, um, how did you find Teen Human? That's a very, very specific kind of person that wants to hear that. So, Erica. How did you find Team Human? <laughs> yes, ladies and gentlemen, um, by the way, our special guest is Erica, if you didn't already know. <laughs> <laughs> We've been Joey and I just kind of stole the podcast. I'm just enjoying the conversation. It's fine. Um, I actually found Team Human. Um, I kind of was lurking for a while. Um, I had watched um, a lot of Felicia's stuff, and um, but... More than that, I kind of started following Ryan on uh. um, on Twitch. And um, I remember very specifically, I mean, I, I was there for the original um, coining of the term human. I was lurking. <laughs> um, and um, but it was, I don't know, several months later, I was watching Ryan play a game and I, it was kind of a hard time for me I, it was when I had just stopped working and um I was actually I was watching on my phone I was outside walking my dog and um Ryan said um buttercup because in the house and that was like it was weird but he acknowledged me and right. then just from there just letting myself become a part of the community um that that really was was kind of the beginning for me. I really wanted to um, try to you know be a part of of something bigger and and try to make people be happy, make people feel welcome in our little corner of the internet. Great example, and I'll, and we'll dive back into that um, that you just mentioned. When you're streaming, if you see a new name you've never seen before, say it uh, because that is that you've just you you you've acknowledged a new fan you've acknowledged a new viewer and that new viewer will most likely come back to see you again uh, I watch Ryan do this all the time I watch Felicia do this um, I've tried to do it myself and I've retained a couple people by doing so it is it is a very simple little thing you see a new name you recognize it you say hello you you make them Anna geeks with someone that I think I think she does it best um, Anna kale for those who may not know um, I went to her stream and her interaction with her community was phenomenal and she made sure like I was like oh hi kind of like this stream and she and she recognized that I said that and, and really had a very personal kind of you know conversation with that with my username and I thought wow you get this so little little pro tip but uh, so so what keeps you around in Team Human? Um, well the people honestly and truly it's it's the other humans I've um begun to spend especially a lot of time in the astropaths um streams yes, he streams yes. very regularly he does and um through you know through his streams i've met i've gotten to meet so many people and you know and then just the community even on twitter just always having somebody to talk about stupid stuff with or even serious <laughs> stuff yeah um it's and i've gotten to meet um here in town jack spur right and we hang out pretty regular well yeah, pretty regularly. We're both, you know, she works and we're both busy. But yeah, it's really nice to, to make that connection, that human connection. And I think that's what keeps me here. And then the community is, is really, 
good. I've, I've been a part of other communities before for different fandoms and things, and, and I really like that Team Human is kind of more diverse, and, and everything is is welcoming. People are, you know, they want to get to know you. They want to they want to plug you in someplace. They want to make sure that, you know, you know that you matter, that you exist, and that we see you, you know. And I, I really love that about the community. Me too. I really do. Joey? Uh-huh. It's not question time yet, but I'm, I'm going to let you talk about crochet. Uh, well, what exactly about crochet am I going to be talking about? I mean, there's only so much I can talk about with crochet. E- Erica, do you like crochet? Yes, very much. Joey? Okay, well, let me, okay, well, let me ask Erica? you this. What is Joey. your favorite thing to crochet? Um, I make a lot of little stuffed animals just because I like, um, I guess it's probably a little bit of immaturity. I like the instant gratification of whipping up something in an afternoon and and having the little the little um the little fruits of my labor available to me but um yeah I'd like yeah dolls like little stuffed animals things like that I made um Astro a tingle for Christmas a little crochet tingle and and I try to make things that I think people will like I just finished a project um for a birthday gift and now i'm working on a dragon for another birthday gift (laughs) yeah i like to do the models too um however when it when it comes to the the little the little figures or stuffed animals i get picky and here's the thing i have very big hands and some patterns require the the littler hooks (laughs) yes (laughs) and trying to get something that's that's within like a square inch space to be a certain way. <laughs> it's very hard for me. So I don't tend to do a lot of them unless the, the yarn is um, worsted the right way. And for anybody who doesn't know what worsted is, the, the easiest way to explain it is um, how well the tension and how thick the yarn is, because you can get some really cheap yarn that's super, super thick and it's going to be super rough. Yeah. And it's, it, that's usually the stuff that you're best crafting with. If you really want something to look pretty, you know, that's where the expensiveness in the yarn starts coming up. Um, yeah. I like to do blankets and shawls, um, stuff like that. I actually, I had always wanted my own afghan. I finally made my own afghan. It was nine yes. different Karen cakes <laughs> that I wow. did. So it's this big, <laughs> giant, like, massive Crayola on my bed. And let me tell you what, with one sheet and just that afghan, holy crap, it is heavy and it keeps you warm. Yes. And, and I'm doing the <laughs> shell stitching. Like, it's not a solid granny square. Like, this has, like, the every other spot is a hole, basically. And mm-hmm. it is heavy as hell. Yeah. But that's yeah, also if that, you use a good thick yarn. Yeah, and it's also <laughs> it's also the stitch that I I tend to fly through <clears throat> with the fastest is the shell one. Some people be like, "Oh, what, yes. are, what are you working on?" Because I'll like I'll just get it started. I'm like, "Oh, you know, I'm gonna make a blanket." Two hours later, I have like two feet by two mm-hmm. feet. <laughs> and yes. they're, like, they're like, "Where did all that come from?" I'm like, "I don't know." <laughs> that's um, I did a um, I did a pillow 
mm-hmm. with uh with the 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 chevron pattern the zigzags yeah and oh my goodness it turned out really nice but it's so tedious because it's a small stitch because if you do it too big it doesn't do the zigzag so you've got yep. to do the single crochet you've got to do it small and yeah i my dexterity in my fingers my fingertips are usually numb and then my hands usually ache from the scleroderma i have in um, inflammatory arthritis in both my hands um so it's a challenge i do it it's definitely a labor of love but yeah some of those smaller stitches it's just torturous i made a um a really big blanket for my husband i used the giant um the burnett blanket yarn Mm -hmm. the really big um the really big balls of yarn oh yeah those are pretty it has eight eight of those in there so it's a pretty big blanket and yeah it's pretty heavy and then Christmas, I, I made my dad a, an Afghan. and I, I sat down and dedicated the time. Um, and it turned out really good. I was really happy with it. Yeah. And, um, oh, the project ahead. I finished today was actually a shawl. <laughs> oh, nice. So I, I do those sometimes. But yeah, I also like to, to make up little figures. It tends to be what people ask me for, you know. When people find out you crochet, do you find that when people find out you crochet? Oh, will you make me this or can you make me that? Yeah, I've had that or I've had people ask like, oh, do you do hats? Do you do scarves? And I'm like, yes. <laughs> oh, well, can you make me a Seahawks hat? Oh, my God. Okay, a year ago. A year ago today, <laughs> I had about 20 different Seahawks hats go out at the same freaking time. And these aren't just like. Oh, I'm making a beanie in their color. No, this was, they had the, the ear flap with the long tassels and the mohawk. It had everything. Oh, wow. You went all me, out. Wow, that's a lot of work. And let me tell you, the <laughs> mohawk is actually the hardest part because the only way that I'm able to do it is I have to do a long strip and then I have to hook mm-hmm. in the bunches and tie them yep. off and then make sure that they're a proper length. Oh, my God. Yeah, I, someone I, will ask me, can you put tassels on that? I'm like, yes. <laughs> yep, get me a movie because it's going to be a time. while. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, I have started to get into graph gans, um, which if anybody is looking who does crochet and wants to get into graph gans, let me tell you what, the patterns are almost endless because if you really want to get into them, you can use perler bead patterns and cross stitch patterns because all it is is your it's a it's three double crochets so like three to make one block and they're crisscrossing as you go diagonally so if you really want to get ambitious you could have one that has like 15 different colors and it's it's kind of what the that one guy that did the super mario map did okay that's considered that's considered a graph gan in a way because there's different methods of doing it and then i saw that picture of him where he's standing on it even though he's wearing socks and then he's standing on it i'm like what are you doing (laughs) get off it (laughs) like do you have any idea how much money you're standing on right now (laughs) exactly but yeah yeah absolutely nothing to talk about in the crochet world at all no shut Uh, up um in, in terms of uh, in terms of a TV show that we both love, uh, talk to me about the magicians. What what brought you into this show? Um, 
actually, um, my husband is like ravenous when it comes to new television shows and he started watching it. And, um, at first I was like, this show just seems kind of like a, another like college drama. Um, you know, and that was just kind of peripherally watching it. And then I actually started watching some of the episodes and, and, uh, for me it was Hale Appleman as, as, um, as Elliot pulled me in, um, because his acting was just so good, and then the the um, between the Hale conversations and Summer, for sure. Yeah, and then between yeah exactly between Hale and Summer, between Margot and Elliot, I was like, I'm in love with these characters. Mm-hmm. So by the end of the first season, I was hooked. I just was all in after that. This is a show, Joey. If you haven't seen it yet, I think you would really enjoy. I think you might fall in love with Hale's character. To be honest, he's a little bit of mm-hmm. you. Oh, he's a little <laughs> bit of me. What are you implying <laughs> there, huh? Uh huh. I uh, well, you know, let you let you kind of watch and and see. But uh, I'm actually the guy that came from the opposite direction. I read the books first. Uh, oh, okay. I, I've always liked, you know, I really enjoyed Harry Potter, and these guys were they didn't even pretend. They're like, this is Harry Potter meets Chronicles of Narnia. That is what this series <laughs> is. And and I mean, in the TV show, they make fun of it. And it seems like they're making fun of it. But in the book, he's just blatantly. No, this is Harry Potter meets Chronicles of Narnia with a little bit of angst if you will emo kids they they right. made the um actors the tv show they're older than they are in the book which i think was a very wise decision right um, considering yeah i mean because they are really emo in the book they're emo teenagers and it's just kind of like okay this come at times it gets a little tedious but um i i enjoyed the book stuff to, to read the series um and then when i watched the show i actually liked the show more and and that is rare for me i don't generally like the book less than anything but I, I i think that aging the characters helped a lot they really cast alice well they casted um elliot and uh margo perfectly um even though it's funny because in the books margo's name is janet oh wow and, i couldn't even imagine that and well no <laughs> of course not and it's actually funny because when they're actually in that library at one point and and the librarian calls margo janet and she goes my name's margo and she's like yeah this time and I was like, oh, good throwback. Love it. Oh, nice. <laughs> so, um, and yeah, I, the, I, I, I might have a bit of a crush on on uh, the, the actress who plays Alice, I have to admit. Alice was always my favorite character in the show. And um, the, the, the girl they casted to play Alice plays her very well. Um, so I, I'm a big fan of the show. And for those of you who don't know, Felicia Day's in season three. Uh, she's going to be playing the character of Poppy, who... Uh, I haven't caught up yet on season the season three episodes, but I don't think she shows up until midway through season three. But uh, we'll, we'll see. Um, yeah, she's yeah. not there yet. She's not, and then it's so. three episodes in, right? In terms of airtime. Uh, I, I can't remember if it's three or four, but yeah, okay. So she shows up soon. Um, and and Poppy is a character that I I, I also did enjoy. Um, I'm not quite sure where that they're they're taking the story. In terms of the TV show compared to the books, uh, there's a big thing in the books. You know what? In case they do it in the TV show, I'm not going to say anything. So, but like <laughs> at the end of the second book, there's a major thing for um, main character's name is lost on me. Oh my god, Quentin. Quentin. There's a Q. There's a, there's a big thing for Q that really changes his narrative at the end of book t- book two that they haven't done yet. Um, hmm. And they probably, you know what? I think they probably will, but we'll see. We'll see how it plays out. We'll see. Yeah. 
I think one of my favorite things is that they take the typical magic tropes yeah. and they kind of turn them on their ear. Um, like characters, they're things that you would revere, like um, um, the most recent episode, they summoned a demon mm. and you're expecting it to be like this terrible creature and it's just a guy <laughs> with weird hands and and his personality is just like you would somebody you would meet like on a bus or something just and i i really enjoy that i really really enjoy um that sort of playing with the nature of magical creatures it, mm-hmm. it's really good so if you haven't checked out the magicians yet the first two seasons are on netflix usa um, check it out there, and then season three is airing right now on I, Sci-Fi, I believe. It's different yes. up here, so um, it's on a channel that I don't get. So I have to, um, I have to, yeah, I have to wait until I'm in a position where I can get it legally because I don't believe in stealing content, especially content that I enjoy. I want to get it the right. proper way. Uh, Joey, hey, you got any questions? <laughs> well, all right, so. I know that I changed the format before, but I'm gonna. I want to do something a little bit even better. This is for you. This is your section. All right. So this is the point where I had changed it to where throughout the conversation I would write down questions based on what we talked about. But I feel like that makes me focus too much on certain areas. So I really wanted to broaden this, and because we're going to keep it super random, I have a D100 and a D10, and we are going to (laughs) randomly find questions in this lovely book called If. Questions for the Game of Life. (laughs) Good luck, Eric. I won't even know what questions are going to come up, so this this just makes it all the better. All right, are you ready? I am ready. All right. We got page 53. All right. If you could have a secret listening device in any one room in the world, which room would you like it to be in? Oh, oh shit. I'm already oh, loving man. this whole section now. Yeah, this is good. <laughs> <laughs> this is real good. Wow. Yeah. Good hmm. first roll. <laughs> Oh, I don't know. See, I don't want to know people's drama, but let's see. Who would I oh, I'd put it in to? a room right in the White House and be like, I'm going to call all your bullshit. <laughs> I think people already have. That's the problem. It doesn't matter. Uh, that's that, that's true. We don't even we don't really need it because we see it every day. Yeah. Anywho. He makes it easy. Yeah, I'd like to listen in on. Um, on like a. Um, Somebody really creative. I don't know. Somebody like to get to get a, a feel for their process. Like um, Alec Hirsch from Alex Hirsch from um, he wrote Gravity Falls. Yep. Um, um, Rebecca Sugar, people like that. Um, Miyazaki. I'd love to hear just their like when they're creating what their process is. You know, because a lot of people talk to themselves when they create, and I think it'd be kind of neat to hear that. I think my answer would have been like a writer's room for a TV show that I love or, right. or comedy. You know, that would be exactly what I would want as well. So The reading table. Oh, yes. Where they read through it first before they, you know, get out there and start filming <laughs> it. Yeah. It's... All right. Here we go. I like this. Next one. We got page 31. 
If you were... No, we're not going to that one. Oh. If you could have... <laughs> it, it got dark, girl. Okay. <laughs> All right, I'll tell you what the question was, but I'm not. we're not going to answer it. If you could be executed okay. tomorrow, but could decide the method, how would you prefer to go? We're not going there. Oh, my. Uh... Beheading. If you could see uh, only one... There. <laughs> if you could yeah, see there. only one movie ever again, what film would you choose? As you wish. Oh, that's easy. Yeah, Princess Bride. It's got everything. <laughs> it's got absolutely everything. I kind of. It's got comedy. That, it's one. got romance. It's got action. Um, it's it's just it has something that you can enjoy no matter what kind of mood you're in. So that was the definitely same one for Princess you, Blair? Bride. No, I mean, as much as that would definitely be a top three for me, if I had to only choose one movie, it would be When Harry Met Sally. Very similar reasons. Um, hits all the notes for me without the, per se, action of The Princess Bride, if you will. Um, <laughs> but I just, I, Meg Ryan in the, you know, 80s and 90s was is just like my dream girl. And, uh, oh, yeah. Billy Crystal, to me, in his prime, only, only Robin Williams could make me laugh harder. And uh, the, the two of them at the top of their game, I absolutely love that movie. If I had to choose one. Like, I can't choose Star Wars. You can't choose one Star Wars film. It doesn't work that way. No. You, you, need, you need them together. Joey, what, do you, what would you... You'd be a horror film. I no, it would, be, it would be The Wizard of Oz. Is Oz? Okay. Okay. Good. Like you, and like you said, it, it's got kind of like a bit of everything. It's true. Good story. All right. I like this. Next one is, whoa, page 87. Here we go. Skipping ahead. Okay, here we go. If you <laughs> could have sued any one person in your life, who would it be and for what? Donald Trump for Oh, my stupidity. goodness. <laughs> <laughs> and I live in Canada. I'd still want to sue that bastard. For real. Yeah, that's... He's, he's ruined my last year, for sure. Just... Just yeah, I've never been so ashamed to to be associated with with the president of the United States. Just yeah, yeah. We we had a mayor here that had we had a pocket shame compared to what you guys are going through, and I can't imagine. I really can't imagine. Well, and you know, I've always liked to be a part of a bigger international community, and it's a lot harder to do that now because it's embarrassing. It's just ridiculous and. Yeah, 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 definitely. Well, Not that I'll, you get paid because he's never got any money. I will. <laughs> he thinks he has money. I will let you sue <laughs> Donald Trump, and I will sue an ex-boyfriend. There you go. You do you, man. You do you. <laughs> All right, last one from the book is going to be page from page forty-six. <laughs> Joey has uh -oh. a personal moment. <laughs> okay, so this one I've actually talked about with people before, but I'm gonna. Uh, it's kind of funny. All right, if you had to give up all sexual activity for one year, how much money would you demand minimum in return? Oh my goodness. Demand. Yeah, demand. Right, like, like if you were paid to give it up for a year, how much would be the minimum that you would have to be oh paid? Oh my goodness. A year's salary, whatever I'm making right now. Five hundred million. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> yes. At least because yeah, that's that's a sacrifice. That's um Yeah. That I, I mean, guess, I guess I thought of it too practically. It's like 
giving it up would be like a job. <laughs> Just pay me what my work pays me. Now, keep in mind, the fine print says all activity. Right, oh. exactly. Yeah, we'd have to double my salary. <laughs> I don't know. I, I couldn't Forget put a number that, on I'd that. I'd have to 20 times your salary for me to do it. I could yeah. not put a number on that. I really don't think I could, no. Yeah, it's because you're a perp. Anyways. All right, so it's last but not least, how awesome is Toronto Gal? Amazing. She is fantastic. She is the one and only. She is a goddess. <laughs> she is, and she's been, she's been around again lately. Yes, I was Amazing. so excited. I was, um... When I was watching Felicia stream and she popped up, I was like, yes! <laughs> the elusive Toronto gal. Uh, I wish I wish she could, like, carry around a little kind of thing on her head to tell me, like, if I ever saw her, if this was her. I don't need to talk to her. I don't need to approach her. I just like to go, I've now seen Toronto gal. Because <laughs> I probably have. That's the worst part. Is I probably at some point have seen her without even realizing it. Oh, uh, yeah, I guess that's true. Not likely for me, but probably really likely for you. Very true. We're only uh, we're 2.7 million, I think, here, and even less downtown. I've been working downtown for quite a few years. Okay. All right, so I'm going <laughs> to do some, some Google feud here to kind of round us out here. Oh, I'm excited. I like Google feud. Yeah, oh, nice. you don't like that other game. <laughs> I like the other game. I like the other game, but it's like... The other game, I don't know if she's reading the hint it, like it's pre-written or if she's coming up with it. And I sometimes these hints, I'm like, whoa. Like, they went to the most outer limits reach for, like, to try to have you figure it out. And I'm like, whoa. Come a little bit back closer <laughs> into our solar system. <laughs> I, I have a feeling that she's found a site, which is great, because I couldn't come up with those things. But, uh... So we have culture, people, names, or questions. Erica, which would you like to try first? Um, let's do questions. Questions. Our question is, what's the deal with blank? Oh, what's, gosh. What's the deal with blank? I guess currently it would be, what's the deal with Tide Pods? Tide Pods. <laughs> Oh my god. <laughs> Talk about the stupidest uh, thing kids have ever done in my lifetime is Tide is. Pods. Well, and my son was like, Mom, you know they're not really eating them. I'm like, no, they really are. That's the problem. <laughs> Unfortunately, Tide Pods did not make the list. Aw. Joey. Life. What's the deal with life? Oh, we're getting deep. Joey's going deep. Oh, strike two. Are you kidding me? No. Um, I have an answer, but I'm going to let Erica, if you want to jump on in here with another one. Let's see. Okay, let's go with, what's the deal with, um, shoot, Instagram. 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 Before I hit search here, I was going to say Trump, and nope, strike three. So, oof, weird. Okay, so from ten, we have Aleppo. Huh. Oh. Nine airplane peanuts. <laughs> I would say I'm, I would say what the hell, but at the same time I had to stop, step back, look at the bigger picture, and I'm like, you know what? I'm actually not surprised. Yeah. 
what's the deal with the creepy clowns? Yep. Mm-hmm. Makes sense. Agreed. What's the deal with the mannequin challenge? Wow, what's... I could totally tell how dated that one is. <laughs> yeah, I was going yeah, to say. say Google. I don't know, man. This is kind of like bit. six to eight months old. Uh, what's the deal with Russia? What's the deal with Hamilton? And what's the deal with just clowns? Not creepy clowns, but clowns. Uh, what's the deal with airline food? So airline food and clowns are being represented well. What's the deal with Hatchimals, which I think is a kid's toy? Mm-hmm. Yes. And the number one is what's the deal with Standing Rock? Oh. Okay. So, uh, culture, people, names, or questions? Let's do culture. Culture. Huh. All right, Joey, you can start. Gun control is blank. I'm willing to bet somebody probably said stupid. I bet you the middle America agrees. No? Are you kidding me? I'm surprised. I'm you shocked. Think I'm, that or I'm willing to bet it's like dumb or it's gonna wrong be something like or that, something yeah. to that effect. We'll give the points if there's any synonyms for sure. How about you, Erica? Gun control is... Oh, I'm sure somebody somewhere has said un-American. Un-American. Well put. Better copy (laughs) (laughs) Un-American, not there. Oh, Uh, wow. I'm going to put needed. I'm going the other way. And yeah. let's see. Needed yeah. strike three. Okay. See see where your faith in in, in humanity went there? Oh, okay. <laughs> well, these are all pretty much... One of the things I was going to put in here, which is a synonym for, for stupid, is there. So um, for 10th place, constitutional. Second place, the answer, which needed. Yeah. Uh, third place, necessary, needed. Mm-hmm. Uh, Fourth place, or I guess I guess six, bullshit. So they're stupid. Um, and I actually almost put, I was gonna put bullshit, but I'm like, no, let's be nice. Gun control is gun control. Number five. Okay. <laughs> Number six. Yeah. Gun control is dead. Number five. Gun control is a misfire. Ooh, little play on mm-hmm. words there. For seven, uh, or sorry, for uh, for four. Uh, three is gun, gun control is good. Two is gun control is bad. And the number one answer is gun control is not the answer or a synonym for un-American. <laughs> okay, we're not doing very well, guys. One more. One more for the road. Okay. Uh, you know we're going to do a bonus round, Blair. Don't even start with me. I hope so. I'm going to go with names. All right, names. All right, we got this one. Sharon blank. Erica. Oh, Stone. Sharon Stone. There's my first answer. And survey says, number one, Sharon Stone. Well done, well done. All right. Joey, Sharon. I actually have two here, but... As much as I want to go with Osborne, so I'll throw that out there for anybody else, I'm going to go with Needles, the famous drag queen of season four of RuPaul's Drag Race. Something tells me Osborne would have had more appeal. So Needles spelled normally, like yep. Needles? Yep, yep. 
Yep, number six. Well done, sir. Um, no, good job. Now, Osborne is o -O -S O-S-B-O-U-R-N-E. B -O -U -R -R -N -E. Yeah. Sharon Osborne. No. Serious? Okay. Erica. Hang on. Hang on. Let me so double check something here. O-S-B-O-U-R. Spell check. Yep. I oh, had CDs. See. I had to look. We, we, <laughs> we have had some misspells in the Google before, so... You know, a lot of people um, don't know how to spell Osborne. Sharon Tate. Sharon Tate. Sharon Tate, number two. Erica's on fire. All right, All right Joey. I'm having a hard time remembering other Sharons. All right. I am going to put one in here, and I hope I am right. Sharon Lois and Bram. No. Fuck. Sorry, guys. Hmm. Erica, if you know another, you feel free to jump in. I think I'm out of Sharon's. I can't believe Sharon Osborne isn't in there. There must be a misspelling. <laughs> we got a whole lot of dead air thinking about Sharon's. <laughs> I'm sorry. Like, I, like it's really hard because, like, the first because the only ones that pop into mind are Sharon Stone, Sharon Needles, and Sharon Osborne. I'm almost tempted to retype Osborne in case I fat-fingered it. Because I can't think of anyone else. But I'm pretty sure I spelled it right. B-O-U-R-N-E. I'll give it ten seconds, and then I'll just kind of double-check my work if we got nothing. Um, I don't know. My brain is throwing the, the name Oliver out there. I don't know why. Sharon Oliver. Sure. Why not? Oliver, boom, no, okay, uh, still not there, unbelievable, Sharon Van Etten, Sharon Glass, <gasps> yep, Sharon Lawrence, Sharon Harold, then Needles, Sharon Leal, Sharon Jones, Sharon Woods, and the two others we got, Sharon Tate and Sharon Stone. All right. Bonus round. You want a bonus round? All I right, demand a right. bonus round. What do you want, Erica? Culture, people, names, questions. People. People. We did good on people. Oh, boy. Okay. <laughs> <sighs> I swallowed a blank. Quarter. Quartar. No. No quartar. Oh, God. Bug. I swallowed a bug. Bug number two. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, I swallowed a... I'm going to put fly. I know it's a bug, but I'm going to put it... Yep, fly number one. Nice. The morbidness in me is thinking battery. Ooh. Oh, sorry, I got my my mind in the gutter, so I'm trying to keep it out of there. Yeah, I know it is. Trust <laughs> me, I was picking up on it. You perv. I swallowed yep. a battery. New. No. That's where I went too, but I was like, I don't know how PG I'm supposed to keep it. So. Hey, no, do what you want. Fuck this. Not shit. gonna say it. <laughs> I mean, you you do what you want, but I'm gonna swear my ass off. It's my podcast. No one would tell me what to do my podcast. That was really bad. 
Don't ever do that accent again, Blair. Just never. Just no. Just no. Dewey? Well, uh, I think Erica said it. Oh, what was said? Sorry. I, I don't I don't know how to 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 properly put I, I guess say a load. <laughs> Girl, you okay. so cute. Okay, okay, it wasn't there, but I gotta give you a gold star for that. Okay, um, and 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 none of the synonyms are there, so our dirty minds were not worth it. Okay, so first of all, kudos to this person. I swallowed a golf ball. Whoa. Ow. I swallowed a tonsil stone. The hell is a tonsil Ew. stone? I swallowed a bee. Ow. Oh no. This one is super specific. I swallowed a sword I levitated. What? I don't get it. I swallowed a tooth. I swallowed a piece of plastic. I swallowed a penny. So you went too big. You went quarter, but it should penny was good enough. I swallowed a bone. I guess dogs Google these days. Um, and I <laughs> swallowed the bug, and I swallowed the fly. I guess we'll die. Okay, Erica, where can people find you on the World Wide Webs if uh, if they want to pick you out of the um, socials? Well, I'm Buttercup Erica at Buttercup Erica on Twitter, and that's pretty much where I am. Um, do you I don't do, do Etsy? Facebook very often. Do you do Etsy for oh, your, yes, your I, crafts? I do have an Etsy shop. Um, it's Kitty's Odds and Ends. Um, I do have a link, I think, in my um, in my Twitter profile. Um, I'll make sure that's in the show notes below. Yeah, I um, to be honest, I tend to give my stuff away instead of sell it. But I do have an Etsy shop. Because, you know, if, if I make something and someone says, oh, that's cute, I, I, I'm like, oh, here. <laughs> that's why I'll never be now, like a like a businesswoman, probably. Now, as, as kind as Erica is, let's let's get let's get her some some finances her way. Get some finances Joey's way, too. These I don't guys... have anything in my store yet right now. It, it, okay, it's empty. Screw Joey. No, <laughs> when Joey's got his stuff up in his store. Um, I mean, we, we, we are a very kind community and we do a lot of these things and that's great. But if we can support these guys, that makes it even better. So we're supporting each other, guys. We're lifting each other up. But uh, yeah, we'll have the show notes for, for your Etsy shop, Erica. And enjoy once you get some stuff in that store. We'll get some sales in there for you, too. I want to thank uh, Erica for joining us here today. Joey, of course. Turlin will probably be with us on our next episode. Until next time, guys, take care. Find Blair on Twitter at Blair Beverage, Webisode Watch, and Hoopod. His Twitch channel is twitch.tv slash Blair Beverage, where he streams Friday evenings at 9pm Eastern Standard Time. You can also find him on YouTube, just search his name, that's him. Finally, you can catch him playing the Goblin Shaman in the web series Basic Adventuring 101, which can be found on basicadventuring101.com. You can find Joey on Twitter at joeycouture underscore, because someone already stole it. On YouTube as Joey Couture, and you can also find him on Etsy, Joey Couture Geek Chic. You can find Tyrolyn at Tiz Thunder on Twitter, Tyrolyn Puxty on YouTube, Tyrolyn Puxty on Facebook, and I'm pretty much floating around everywhere. T Y R O L I N P U X T Y. Thanks for listening, guys. See you next time.